Greetings and salutations, diligent listeners. My name is Jude, and I have here with me Stacy Sims of Sims and Ray Law Offices here in Hattiesburg to talk about her myriad failures as a terrible practitioner of law. <laughs> I'm kidding, mostly. But we are here to talk about failure in some ways. So uh, would you like to introduce yourself before we get you know, into the questions? Sure. I'm Stacy. I practice law here in Hattiesburg. Currently, I do mostly family law, but in the past I've been a plaintiff's litigator and represented over 20,000 asbestos victims. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a plate for sure, but we're, uh, we're in the preparation stage, so we'll go ahead and start uh, with some basic questions uh, until we end up seeing what the plate has become. So to start, before you went to law school, before you took your bar exam, before you had anything accomplished, what was your biggest failure or mistake? Well, initially I always thought I wanted to be a lawyer and then I went to work for my uncle who was a lawyer and in doing that I decided I didn't want to be a lawyer so I went and got an accounting degree uh, and so I spent a lot of time getting an accounting degree, got out, and got a job as an accountant. In about a week, I realized that was a waste of money and needed to do something else because accounting was definitely not for me. Luckily, law school lets you go no matter what you picked as your undergrad. And so I applied to law school and luckily got accepted. And so here I am today. That's that's uh, somehow really inspiring and simultaneously terrifying. Uh, but just as a quick follow-up, like when you got your accounting degree, um, what specifically about accounting made you realize that you'd, you'd made a mistake? Well, uh, my first job, I was doing books. And what I realized is when you're an accountant, you don't see a lot of people. And I'm a people person. I am not a paper person. And so, you know, spending 12 hours a day doing taxes in a little room was not my idea of fun. And they didn't, that part didn't come across in school that you were never going to see a human being. So, uh, <laughs> so with that, with that a uh, mistake of sorts out of the way, so like after you realized that, that accounting wasn't for you, uh, was it something specific that restored in you a sense of purpose that, that you had lost? Did you come across a, a revelation of sorts that led you down the path? Well, sort of the same time that uh, I had decided accounting was not for me and that I was going to do something else, my uncle, who I worked for, had started getting into mass torts, representing victims of uh, various things where predatory banks or loan agencies were taking advantage of the poor or ultimately into asbestos. And I felt a real sense of purpose in helping those people that had been taken advantage of by corporate America. I like that. That's a very nice way to, very nice way to have a re renewed sense of purpose. But um, there is kind of a stereotype among law as a discipline which, uh, which involves kind of this uh, stereotype that lawyers follow the money. Uh, and as a result, uh, this question is kind of pointed towards that. Like, what have you done as a lawyer that some who may not be as experienced in law, or maybe they are, uh, would regard as unsavory or, or wrong morally, but you would stand by? 
Well, as I think back to the asbestos days, my grandfather was, was a nuclear physicist and he worked for uh, Westinghouse. One of the companies we sued in asbestos was Westinghouse. And Westinghouse, you know, my grandfather was the greatest company ever. And I was terrible for going against them based on what he knew of Westinghouse. And he believed that lawyers were nothing but greedy people trying to collect money. But what we uncovered in that litigation was that Westinghouse knew as early as 1930 that um, asbestos was causing cancer and was ultimately going to kill thousands of workers. In fact, they conducted, they hired a scientist to basically falsify the documents so as to hide the dangers of asbestos. And as a result, millions of people subsequently developed the disease known as asbestosis. And even knowing all that and me explaining it to my grandfather, he still thought I was putting my financial interest ahead of it until my grandfather developed lung cancer as a result of his service in the United States Navy. And then all of a sudden he realized maybe Western House should not have put that asbestos on that turbine. So although some people might have thought I was just being the greedy lawyer and going for the big money, ultimately, at least in the eyes of my grandfather, I became a hero because I was able to recover for him and my grandmother to cover their medical expenses down the road. That's a really amazing story. Isn't it a bit ironic though that while you were concerned about the health of people asbestos was harming, people who were benefiting from that harm were accusing you of searching for money? That's the way it is in most of these mass torts. They, uh, a lot of what happens in mass torts or medical malpractice or anything, society sees it as the greedy lawyer trying to get rich. But in reality, lawyers spend a lot of time and a lot of effort of their own accord in an attempt to uncover these cover-ups conducted to hide the true fault. So uh, this next question is very distinctly related both to the previous question and your answer, evidently. But uh, lawyers have the stereotype of being the, uh, you know, the biblical Pontius Pilate who, after executing Jesus, washes his hands of his crimes. How do you... How do you fit into or rebel against that stereotype? And how do you think lawyers do the same as well, in general? Well, I think we have to go and do what we think is right. You know, some people say lawyers shouldn't represent uh, people that commit murder. But everybody's entitled to a defense. Uh, and that's the premises of our justice system. So, you know, there would be no justice, whether it's from a company harming you or from you being wrongly accused of a crime if there wasn't for lawyers. And so I feel like that's my calling. That's where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, 20 years later, I quit suing companies and now I represent children and serve as their guardian ad litem in courts and stand up for the rights of children, often against their own parents who may be so selfish or that they're forgetting what's best for their children. And so, uh, I guess, I guess, to close off this kind of line of inquiry, uh, would you think it's fair to categorize a lawyer as an instrument of correcting failure? It certainly could. Uh, I mean, a lot of what we do is making someone whole as a result of either a mistake or an intentional 
harm to someone. That was a, it's a very good way to frame the discussion and indeed your occupation. So in the interest of time, we're at about eight minutes now, uh, we're gonna go ahead and stop here. Thank you tremendously for uh, giving me your time um, and thank you for listening.